Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. This week I am joined by Ali Williams for a wonderful chat about life, about how we live life on the other side of the stuff that happens to us. The thing that Ali said in this, the quote she used, I think sums up probably the episode really well. Dr. Juice, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. It's really wise, this conversation, so I hope that you enjoy it. Ali, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Anne. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, yes. And you were introduced from a friend who did a few podcasts ago, so I love it when that happens. Tell me a wee bit about you, Ali. I'm a Pilates teacher. I've been teaching. I've got an equipment studio for over 25 years now. Wow. I went to university. thought, you know, at the time, I'd been doing Pilates before that training and my teacher had gone back down to London and at that time there was only one place in Scotland to do Pilates. It was in the 90, early 1990s and I decided to go and do a degree instead because I couldn't finish my training. And during that time, everybody was talking about Pilates and I was like, I've done that, I've done that. So I kept having these really vivid dreams of me having my own studio. Ah. And when I came out, I managed to finish my training with another person who'd taken over Jane's studio. And then I had my studio. And it was weird because the dreams were so vivid and they hurt so much because I didn't have the studio. It's all I wanted to do because I loved Pilates so much. I loved the equipment and things like that. And uh, my dream came true, you know. And I think it all came from those dreams at night that I managed to get my studio uh-huh. <laughs> wonderful wonderful now we've been chatting before we've recorded the podcast so I'm very looking forward to hearing what you're going to tell me now I have to say Ali tell me what do you know for okay. sure well I as a child was always told people didn't like me and things like that from from my mother and it wasn't until my 20s that I realized that People did like me. Mm. And, you know, I used to talk to people and things and think I've said something stupid or, you know, laughing about what I've just said. And and I just always felt very insecure. And then just before lockdown, there's a little gallery shop in Victoria Street in Edinburgh. And it's um, Dr. Seuss, the cat in the hat. And I bought this. It was a framed poster. And I put it up in the studio and it's says, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's so Love it. for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think people can take it the wrong way now with all this thought, oh, we're not allowed to freedom of speech and things now. So mm-hmm. people might see that as being that I want to say something offensive. or But I do have it up in the studio and people that know me know that, you know, it's just uh-huh. to, to make you feel like, yeah, I... But I thought that that was a great little saying. I've used that as well lots in my life because I have got a bit of a big mouth, I would say. Or I'm just a very empowered woman, perhaps we could say, and that's dressing it a bit better. And ultimately, when I've got a strong opinion on things, I get that not everybody's necessarily going to agree with me, but I'm all right with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's right. And to be able to see somebody's see their side things as well it is good I mean when I was younger I used to be the person that if everybody liked somebody in a blue dress something that was in a shop or whatever I'd be the one that would say no I don't like it or you know I was a bit like I always thought myself a bit like Ruby Wax you know be very say the opposite to whatever everybody else is saying and I thought it was quite cool and 
actually, I realise now that actually it's not. Uh It's to, you know, just, well, okay, you like that, but I like something else. Uh So what do you think was the change maker in you coming to that realisation? I mean, what age were you when you came to that realisation, would you say? Well, maybe in my late 20s, so I'm 54 now. Mm -hmm. So it's been a gradual thing. Yeah. But, I mean, I have been a a few things health-wise that have made me see things in a different light as well. I had a friend of mine who had been given three months to live and she had brought in a few things for women's health and stuff like that. And she had only three months to live. And I went to see her a few times and she was just such an inspiration. And knowing what I know now, what she must have been going through, because I was kind of given with a cancer told you've got 80% chance of of this coming back in the next few years I realised now what she must have been going through and at that time I didn't appreciate that she seemed to take it all on board but Mm. she must have been going through absolute hell and I think for me because I've obviously not you know I'm still here and still very healthy at the moment I have learned a lot from that and I feel that I'm a much nicer person a much calmer person Mm. I like things like babies now that I never liked before I didn't like babies and I see a baby I'm like oh what a beautiful baby and I don't know if that's an age thing or whatever but I've just appreciate things a lot more one of my friends sent me this week just a poem that she had read and it was about how we're all in a line to die and it was about going to heaven so it depends whether that resonates with everybody but we've all got our place in it and we don't know how near the front or how near the back we are but you're in it so therefore live your life now and be ready so she had found that really challenging whereas I had replied saying well I'm ready if my place is that I die tomorrow, then I'm ready because I feel as if I live my life in a way that I accept that I'm doing the best I can and, you know, I've not got any big regrets or if I have, I've let them go and I do what I want to do in the moment. I know that comes from the wisdom that is sought by almost dying five years ago and having a lengthy recovery and trying to build myself back up. So you mentioned that you've got a life limit in cancer. Do you think that that is why you are liking babies, not worrying about things, being calmer? Has that been a change maker for you? Definitely. And also, I mean, before COVID happened, I was going through chemo and things like that. My studio, I kept working and all through the time, I think I had one day off through that whole year of, of treatment because I'm self-employed. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I think if I was being paid by the council or whatever, you know, being sort of like the civil servant or whatever, I'd probably take a year off. Uh-huh. But I didn't. I kept working. And probably I cut back on a couple of things, like doing math classes and things, and I just kept with the studio. And I think fr- from then I started feeling less stressed because maybe I'd cut down on a few things. So I wasn't working six days a week, three nights a week and the Saturdays, you know, included in that. I had a routine, let's say. I just enjoyed being less stressed, not worrying about being, well, it was my choice to not be as busy. And I used to panic. Twice a year, the studio would get quiet. And every year, it would be about the same time. And I'd think, oh my God, I'm losing customers. You know, I'm losing clients. And my business is going down. And it wasn't, 
few weeks later, it would pick up again. That happened every single year. But every single year, I'd panic about it. I'd get really worked up and really stressed. Where are those? Where are my clients? Where have they gone? And then, um, uh, you know, it would pick up again. But I, when people say, oh, Ali, I'm going on holiday. I'm not going to be around for a month or two. And now, or I'm not coming back. Or, you know, I've decided I've got other, other kind of things to do now. And I just think, yeah, well, thanks for your... your you know your commitment over that time. I, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me now. I don't get stressed about it, and I, I don't know if it is from cancer or from COVID or just aging. But I think maybe a mixture of everything. Just mm-hmm. I, I'm just a, a happier, more relaxed person, and I think you've just got to live day by day and just just enjoy life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and my husband, he's you know. The only person he he's not been great either. He had a cardiac arrest in the street in October, and from some viral thing that he caught on his heart. Oh. It's just you know, that was a bit of a shock. That was a big shock because he, he died and he was brought back to life. But even he is just like so we, because we both now have been in a, a similar situation. We just think, well, let's just enjoy life and don't worry about anything. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because. I feel that when you encounter difficult times, when you have a we dig at your own mortality, which you and your husband have been through, you could make the decision to be scared, couldn't you? Yeah. But you've made the decision to live differently, to be grateful for small things, to decide not to worry about things. I would say that means that you've got the secret to life almost like, I'm going to enjoy this time now. The way, you know, if I'm in the queue, I don't know where I am in the queue, but I'm okay wherever I am in the queue, right? Does that make you grateful for for the lessons? It's hard, isn't it? Because when people ask me about my brain injury and everything that I went through, I say, would I change it? Not for a single minute. Would I change it? Would my husband, perhaps? Would I change it for him and all the stress and the worry and my sisters yeah. and everything they went through? I maybe would. they would change it probably because it was such yeah. a scary time in our lives. But I wouldn't change it because I feel I'm much, I am a much happier, much more settled, much wiser person yeah. on the other side of it. So can you yes. have, can you have gratitude for, for cancer and cardiac arrests now? I'm going to say no, I don't have no. gratitude for cancer. When it happened, the problem is when I had it first in my 40s, I went back on the fifth anniversary when you get the all clear and there was another lump. Mm. And so I said, I've got this other lump here. And they said, oh, they, they did a biopsy and, and this, that and the other. They said, it's just fatty tissue. And it was all the breast that had been taken away. And I went back a couple of months later, I said, it's getting bigger. They said, did another biopsy, did the, the scans and things, said it's fine, just, you know. So it wasn't until a year later and it got, kept getting bigger and I thought they've told me twice. And then I phoned up my consultant secretary twice and left a message saying, look, this is getting bigger, do I come in? And nobody ever got back to me. And so when I finally I went back for, well, for my fifth year, all clear, that was when, yeah, sorry, that was when I went back. And it was a year later after being twice in that five years with this other lump. And they said, oh, she went right under my armpit. They said, oh, 
it's gone to your armpit. And I said, what do you mean? And I was shocked. And that was, oh, so raw. I felt for weeks that I'd been put on a raft out to sea and I could see everybody waving from an island mm. all happy. And that, you know, that's what it felt like. Um, sorry, I don't know why I'm getting emotional. But that that was really hard. And so the cancer thing, I can't say, yeah, thank you, cancer, because I felt really angry at, at, at the people at the, the breast cancer mm-hmm. department. And I kind of blamed them for a while. Yep. But really, the blame lay with me. It did get bigger. And I should have, you know, I thought they didn't pull me back because they thought, no, it's fine. That's that's just a lump. But really, it was just because the secretary couldn't be bothered passing a message on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there was a lot of anger there for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think this is personally just me. I, don't, I can't say it's really come from... Yeah, it's hard to say, really, you know. It is. No, it is, and I think I've often said with my brain injury and when I was in hospital, being in a ward with other women who knew they had a brain aneurysm and now they were in to get it operated on, I never knew and I've always been grateful for that because I didn't have the journey that you're on. I just had wakening up in the aftermath of it. Really? Well, that's so, a shock, though. It was Sorry. a shock, and at that point, I suppose they didn't know what damage would have been done. It's the brain. I, I, you know, I, I could have, yeah. had, at the start, I did have difficulties. I couldn't do simple things and stuff. And the doctors were just like, it's a waiting game. We need to see how the brain recovers. And thankfully, it, ha- it did, and it has. But would I have been grateful yes. for my brain aneurysm if I knew it was there? No, I don't imagine that I would have. Yeah. But would it have still changed my life, whether I had gratitude or not? Well, yeah, again, you can choose, yeah. couldn't you? You could choose to be, to live your life to the full. And that, by that, actually, I don't even mean doing lots of stuff. I just mean being grateful for the yeah. day I'm in, doing what I'm doing. That's it. You don't have to say every day, oh, I've got to do something really exciting. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. it could be peeing of rain outside. Exactly. <laughs> just, you know, along with a bit of housework or whatever. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's people, I find when you do have sort of health issues, you think, I think at the end of the day, you've just got to get on with it because a lot of people aren't really that interested in, in your life. I, mean, I have, you know, I have, I have people tell me a lot of things in the studio and things and they tell me more than I probably need to know sometimes. But, you know, I, I appreciate that they feel quite safe that they can tell me things. Well, I think... You know, I really reflect on as I've gotten older, and I'm I'm not that much younger than you. We've only got five or six years between us, and I think that's coming through something difficult, and that being just difficult parts of life, not just the brain aneurysm, just all of it. Is like I really know who my friends are, and therefore I do think your circle becomes a dot as you get older. I really do think that, but also like once once I'm equipped, I know who my people are. So I'm okay with other folk not liking me. I don't need everybody to like me or to get me or to understand yeah. me. I know I've got people right here in my wee dot that really do get me and do understand me and will tell me yeah. the truth. And, you know, and I think that gives me a confidence mm-hmm. that 
really. And I think I know that so, so for sure now on the other side of a, a big catastrophic thing happening because the friends that stood by my side, that fed me, that helped me get dressed, that did all those things yeah. with me, that looked after me, if I've got them at my back, I'm actually okay with never making another pal in my life. I will because it's who I am, but I'm okay if I don't. Do you feel as if you've got that sort of a, a that self assurance now? Absolutely, because I mean, for years, as like I said earlier on, that I probably felt that I wasn't that liked, or I would be a bit controversial, controversial of things and what I said and thought. And I kind of, in some ways, I've lost that quirkiness side of me because I feel now I have to be a bit more kind of just go with the flow. But I've got a small amount of friends and I know I'll keep them for a long time and they get me, they get, they know the way I am and because I still will be a bit, you know, controversial at times, but, but they know me and they, and they, and I always think if, if they can accept that, then they're real friends. But maybe that's just me again, thinking that, you know, I say the wrong things or from childhood or whatever. Yeah. I've got some really good close friends who we go, I go for walks with them or cycle with on a Sunday. We go up into the Pentlands or we'll, we'll go for a cycle and things. And we just never stop chatting. It's great. Uh-huh. And David always says, oh, what did you chat about? And I'm like, don't know. Well, just, don't know. <laughs> I can't tell them for so specific. <laughs> but you know you feel better on the other side of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So given all of that, you know, and I think it's to know that there's something life limiting there, I think it's challenging, isn't it? You know, and how do you live your life with that? And obviously you are living your life with that and you're doing it. Do you think that makes you feel stronger for the future, in fact? Because I often think, like with my own, I know what it is to nearly die. I know what it is to be quite helpless and need somebody to do everything for me. So now I don't take my ability to stretch out into the world for granted. I actually feel, you know, that, you know, you can do it, so you should do it. Losing my mum when she was in her 40s means that now I'm very much reflecting on not everybody gets to be old. You know, if I get to be an old woman, then I'll be doing great because not everybody gets to be old. My mum didn't get to see her face go all wrinkly and her hair go grey. So I will wel- yeah. I won't welcome the grey hair, I'll be honest, but I'll welcome the wrinkles. <laughs> you know that way? Yeah. I think that makes me feel stronger, therefore. Do you feel yeah. stronger no, moving into the future, even with the knowledge you've got that there could be something in the future again that's going yeah. to come back to you like that? Yeah, certainly I feel that I'm ready. If anything did happen, I feel I'd be just sort of like... Because I've thought about what I would need to do at that, I mean, at the time, my husband's not very good with the finances. I've always been the one who's dealt with that side of stuff. I've thought about, you know, there was a, a period of time after I got my diagnosis, I thought I need to show him all this and make sure he knows. And we did sit down a couple of times, but it, I think he found it all a bit upsetting. Yeah. But there's no need to, you know, I don't have to. Be, I'll, I'll, if anything did happen, I'd be given enough warning, Yeah, you know, at time but I, I, you know I was worried that he would be left without knowing where all the accounts were, stuff like that I just feel a lot stronger a lot a lot more confident in being able to handle anything that that comes at me but it might not you know so part that you think the good chance it might not so just get on with life uh-huh. and forget about it I'm, I'm very anti 
I don't like being oh, woe is me kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I find that a bit, you know, it's... I know because it was interesting during the when the pandemic came upon us, and that was three years after my brain injury. And I think had I not had my brain injury, we would have been much scareder of the pandemic. But my husband was a bit like who's much more of a worrier or anything than me, and always has been. You know that way, and and like would stress about things. And he was a bit like we've just been to hell and back. We can cope with a global pandemic. And therefore, I think like, it makes you just look at your whole life differently and how you live your whole life differently. Did you find that with the pandemic that you took it a bit? I mean, you had your business to worry about, but did you take it a wee bit less less stressful than others who maybe had never yeah. had anything interrupt their life? Yeah. Well, my husband worked in a garage, so he couldn't work. Mm. And it, that wonderful first year of sunshine, didn't we? Uh-huh. Yes. Every day we went out and discovered a little bit of Edinburgh. We would go for a walk and we'd put our fancy clothes on and just go up and down the streets. And the streets were empty. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And we just we found so many different little areas of Edinburgh that we never we didn't know existed. Beautiful streets with houses and gardens. And mm-hmm. and that's what we did every day. And we, we really enjoyed it. We, mm-hmm. we thought it was lovely. Yeah. And I did a little bit of work online with clients some mat classes or one-to-ones in the morning and then I was finished by 12 and we had a great time uh-huh. and you enjoyed it uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so yeah and then yeah and then when you go back you just go back a little bit and you just ease yourself into going back to work and place of work and yeah I, and yeah I, I think a lot of people did get quite a lot out of the lockdown as well they they lost weight. I have a few friends who, who lost weight. They got fit, you know. So, and then businesses that shut down, other people opened up. So I think, you know, it, it just kept evolving. Because life goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. It just does. I know. But yeah, I know. And I, I, I do think there will be something else. But I think maybe we're a bit more ready for it maybe this next time. But I think it's just life, it's just going to keep happening. Life's crazy. Life's, you know, the world is crazy at the moment anyway, isn't it? Uh-huh. I heard a teacher once who said, Life is either happening to you or for you. And I like to think oh. life happens for me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Ali. Thank you, Anna. I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.